Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Plot Lines. I'm your host, Connor. And today we're going to be talking about, in the last uh, year or so, there have been some royal deaths that I'd like to highlight. And I found a few stories to sort of, or a couple of stories to discuss. And I thought you guys would like to hear about it. Uh, also, uh, uh, Sydney from the comments uh, suggested I talk about uh, the death of King Constantine II of Greece. So I thought it would be a good time to do so. So that's my plan right now. Uh, first, I want to thank everyone uh, who has supported the channel. I, I did a, uh, I thanked a lot of people on Twitter, but I just want to thank all my YouTube subscribers. It's, I really appreciate the fact that you guys watch it. It amazes me that you do. And to be honest, I, I you know, some ways I, I, I don't feel uh, that I'm deserving of it, but that's, uh, that's just me. Uh, thank you for all for watching. Uh, please like, share, comment, and subscribe. If you haven't subscribed, obviously, if you have, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, those are the best ways to uh, support the channel. You can also join the discord uh, which it, the link should be in the description. Let me know if that link is old. I might have to change. I might have to uh, put a different link. Anyways, that's so. Also, we've hit so we've hit 723 subscribers, which is pretty awesome. I I really appreciate that. Thank you all for doing that. Uh, you know, that's just fantastic. And I'm looking forward to hoping to get to uh, a thousand subscribers soon. That would be really awesome. But, you know, uh, on to the video topic. So here are the list of 2000 of the deaths in 2022 and 23 so far of of the royal deaths i found this on a website so i you know i hope this is accurate if it's not someone can let me know if i'm missing anybody or uh we got the archduchess margarita of austria uh she's also the princess of savoy oosta uh michaela the countess of paris prince carl of hesse prince Rudiger of Saxony, Archduchess, Archduchess Maria Immaculata of Austria, Tuscany, Prince Karl, Duke of Württemberg, Father Florian. This is one of the stories that I'm going to go into more depth. Prince Lotz of Orleans, Bergans, uh, Queen Elizabeth II of the United Kingdom. We've already talked about her and her death, and we're, we'll talk a little bit about that, but that's, uh, you know, there's another episode that I've done where I go into her death. Uh, 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 anyways, uh, Max in the chat. Good to see you, Mac. Uh, thanks for the, uh, yeah, the, I wish I could get better lighting, but, you know, in the future, but this is what we got. Um, next is, uh, sorry. Next is Maximilian Margrave of, ba of Baden or Baden. Then we have, uh, Constantine II, the King of the Hellenes or the King of Greece, 
So, and then Princess Marie Gabrielle of Luxembourg, the Countess of Holstein. So those are the recent deaths. Uh, we, so those are the recent deaths we've got. I want to highlight the, uh, the King of the Hellenes, Prince, or sorry, King Constantine II. He is probably the most interesting of these characters. He is a relative of the, of the Duke of Edinburgh, of uh, Prince Philip, who Prince Philip also died a couple years ago. So he had been very, so very close with him. I think they're either cousins or something like that. So he was a reigning monarch. Uh, starting in um, in uh, 1964, when his father's health deteriorated, deteriorated, and so he basically had sort of the uh, he's one of the last uh, monarchs that truly reigned over his country, and there was you know great uh, trouble at the time, a lot of uh, infighting or a lot of fighting between the the socialists and the monarchists and that sort of thing. And that eventually led to conflict. And there were different moments of Republic. There were different moments of dictatorship. There was uh, influence by the American government. Uh, Lyndon Johnson was involved in a lot of these things. The Constantine, the second, at different points, basically tried to restore his throne because his throne was uh, was taken away from him as he, after he tried to counter coup, make a, do a counter coup against the dictatorship in 1967. So, to be honest, I mean. In this situation, do you ra- would, would you rather a dictator or would you rather a king? Even if you're, uh, even if you want democracy or if you want a republic, I don't think people want a dictatorship. That's never. I think things have to be really bad for people to want a dictatorship, and you know you're really stuck with that dictatorship. You could get you know a really terrible man like Hitler. Or you could get, you could get somebody uh, pretty good like Franco. Not that he didn't have his faults, and that's the thing is when you have a, when you have a dictator, you are stuck with his faults. There's nothing that can mitigate against those faults. You are just stuck with it, and that and that's very dangerous, and that can be very you know disconcerting. So Constantine the second, he tried to um to get his throne back multiple times uh and so this military junta he at one point worked with them a little bit at one point uh tried to you know uh he tried he tried to get them overthrown that didn't work eventually it was uh overthrown the that government was overthrown and uh, his uh, a former prime minister came back and became prime minister once again, Konstantinos Karamilis. 
Sorry, if I, sorry for the bad pronunciations. I imagine I'm I don't speak Greek, but that's sort of that's sort of what's going on in this sort of in this situation. Now there was a uh, there was a referendum if they wanted to be a a kingdom again, and he lost that by uh, a lot. It was thirty uh, percent voted for a monarchy. But uh, alas, that uh, didn't work out, and he's basically, um, you know, tried to reclaim, uh, or he tried to reclaim property, his own property. Uh, so, and that's been that had conflicts. He died in uh, he died January sixth in Athens, Greece. And that's kind of interesting, just that he was he was able to go back to Greece. <laughs> so, uh, so he was able to move back to Greece. He lived the last couple of uh, days in Greece, and that's and that's kind of beautiful in some ways. You know, returning home, he was able to return home. He lived a lot abroad. Uh, he lived in England for a good amount of time. As I said, he was he's family with the Duke of Edinburgh, they would go shooting and that sort of thing. So, or they would go hunting and, and he would, you know, so they were of a similar mindset. I, you know, we hearken back to a little bit of the fact that the Duke, uh, Duke Philip the or Prince Philip, Duke of Edinburgh was a very traditional man. There's rumors that he became Greek Orthodox again after, uh, the Anglican Church allowed the ordination of women. It seems that Constantine II, though I imagine he had many faults, was trying to maintain the tradition of his country. Again, he was uh, Greek Orthodox, so he w- he wasn't a Roman Catholic, but he was trying to maintain the tradition of his country. There was there's interesting aspects there that a lot of it was connected with. Um, you know, he he wanted to emphasize the connection between the kingdom of the Hellenes with the Byzantine Empire and that sort of thing, which is kind of cool, which it really is. It's, you know, that there is a connection there, though, I think very small one. If, if anything, it's a sort of spiritual successor, not a uh, literal successor, though it is the maintaining of sort of that Greek, that Greek heritage. Plus, his name was Constantine. The last emperor of the Byzantine Empire was also named Constantine the first. Uh, I mean, also the creation of the Byzantine Empire in some sense, was, in, though it wouldn't have been named this or anything like that because the Byzantine Empire was ma- named mostly for uh, after, you know, named Byz- the Byzantine Empire uh, by, by people post its existence or in the West because they wanted to maintain that the Holy Roman Empire was the successor to the Roman Empire and that sort of thing, that the West was maintained by the Holy Roman Empire and the East was maintained by the Byzantine Empire and that and that sort of thing. And in some ways, you can see how that makes sense, how, how those connect well, and you can see how those are connected. Anyways, so he, he is definitely... King Constantine the second is uh, is an interesting uh, 
character. He is, it, it's interesting how his connection to the British royal family. He is the godfather to Prince William, so the future king of England, or king of England, king of Scotland, king of Northern Ireland, the United Kingdom. I'm always interchanging all those things because I'm, because being American, you're just kind of, uh, you're, you're stuck, uh, going through all the different, uh, kingdoms. Uh, if, if, if it was all up to me, there wouldn't have been a United Kingdom. It would just be, uh, the kingdoms of Scotland, Ireland, and, uh, England all separated as the Jacobites would have liked. But anyway, so this was a big death that came up in royal circles recently. And I think it's so, I think it hits because there's a lot of, a lot of Orthodox people in the West nowadays. There's a lot of Eastern Christians that live in the West, obviously not, not super substantial. And with the sort of the revival of monarchy being, the sort of being brought up in many conversations these days, there's definitely a, a more of a revival maybe, or it's just intellectuals or people who want to be intellectuals uh, coming to the understanding of the three good versions of government. You have monarchy, uh, you have, uh, you have aristocracy and you have uh, Republic. You don't, democracy is a bad version of that of, of government so and people are getting so tired fed up with all their different governments these days that that's just how that's that's people's reactions people don't want to deal with politicians people don't want to deal with the you know people who want who do everything they can to grow, gain power power is what these politicians seek and you know they want to they're quite dumb these days. They used to be, I think, quite smart. They used to try and hide who they were, and they used to want you not to not to know them very well. But now they can't hide it. They're quite, you know, you know. In the United States, you have Biden, who's basically a puppet. Uh, he's, you know, he's lost his mind in a lot of ways, geriatric, and uh, and his wife Jill is just kind of shoving him into that and nope it doesn't in you know she doesn't care she doesn't care what happens to him doesn't care what happens to the nation she just she's wants power kamal harris is just you know using that situation as best she can but she's she's you know she slept her way up to uh high office basically so i mean there's there's that anyways so I think monarchy royals are getting more attention these days from at least Americans and maybe others as well because politicians are are such a failure and it's pretty obvious uh, blessed emperor charles is really hitting hard you know really uh people are really getting acquainted with him because his job was, and the Habsburg monarchy's job was to help protect their peoples from from their politicians. So, and that's and that seems what uh, King uh, Constantine II kind of represents 
and that's dying or at least he he died so that in that way that sort of shocks people or you know i mean he was 82 so it wasn't a, a dramatic death he wasn't young he died at a old age he had a long life and to be honest it's amazing that he didn't get killed or that he didn't die in some uh, some attack by communists or anything like that uh, though it does it's interesting that he was active kind of like blessed charles where blessed charles tried to retake the throne multiple times and that's kind of what i see in constantine the second i don't know if he was a great ruler you know it's hard for me to kind of uh to get that especially i would need i would need to go into much more uh uh research and uh maybe i will one day and i'll go sort of do a do a biography or do a video explaining fully his life but this is just why i think that it's a big deal that he died and that you know how you might uh, look at his legacy at least from a or get a glimpse of his legacy and then i thought this story so father florian also known as franz uh, joseph michael maria ignatius prince of bavaria he it's really interesting that he was you know he's born of he's a prince of bavaria his great great grandfather was uh king ludwig ludwig the third of bavaria uh and he eventually became a benedictine novice and then he also became a uh he became uh, a benedictine priest so he became a monk he became a priest and he served the people of uganda not uganda sorry that's wrong maybe it is uganda hold on um no ethiopia sorry or kenya kenya i guess sorry my bad he served in kenya he was a prior administrator and he was so he was serving these people uh in africa as a you know as a missionary which is pretty impressive stuff i just love that he you know he devoted his life to being a, de a dominic or sorry benedictine monk and I just wanted to point out that this story is something that you don't hear a lot, and you see that devotion um, that royals have can have a devotion to not just their state in life, but also uh, be called to a, a greater state in life. The state in life of a monk is very important, and it reminds me a little bit of Cardinal uh cardinal duke of york he was one of the last uh, stuart i think he was the last stuart claimant to the throne of england scotland and ireland he you know he he sort of he dedicated his life to the church he was instrumental in the elections of popes and that sort of thing so he's this uh you know influential cardinal and this father florian he devoted his life to god in a different way in a much simpler way he so and he uh he died 
June 22nd, 2022. Anyways, he was uh help he was ministering to these uh, to this tribe that was semi nomadic. So he was he was going around with them. And that sort of dedication and devotion is something really impressive. And I hope we can take from that and learn uh, learn from that and sort of grow. And thank you, Mac, for uh, telling everyone to like this episode. Please subscribe, uh, support this channel. And really, it's just kind of these impre- these impressive lives that we don't get to hear about. We don't get to hear about this Benedictine monk who uh, served his uh, people, or not his people, but served other people in Africa when he started in Bavaria. He started in Germany. He was a prince. He could have lived, a, you know, he, at least he might have been able to live a better life or not a better life, but a sort of a more comfortable life. He, you know, instead went out and did, you know, something self-sacrificial. He sacrificed, you know, himself to these uh, these African peoples who he ministered to. And it seems from pictures I saw, it seems that he's, you know, very, he had a great relationship with the people there and, you know, administered to them as best he could. And, you know, I, you know, there's a lot of problems in the priesthood these days. I don't, I can't really say to what, you know, his, uh, you know, how good of a priest he was necessarily, but there's, you know, at least in, you know, if you're a monk who's out there administering to these Africans, you're at least showing that you want to help people come to the faith. And to me, that's a pretty great, a pretty great uh, showing, you know, if they could, you know, you could just uh, not really care. You could just want to live in a luxurious situation. And, you know, there are maybe some Benedictines that do that. And that's a problem. And that's, you know, one of the things that can become a problem in uh, communities and monasteries where they basically are living uh, very easy lives. And Benedictines aren't supposed to be living easy lives. They're supposed to be, you know, oral at labor. They're supposed to be working and praying. And you kind of, that's kind of all there is, especially if you're probably a Benedictine in Africa, if you're with these tri- tribes that aren't necessarily you know, as civilized as, um, as European civilization and that sort of thing. So there's that, you know, it's, that's kind of, that's pretty impressive. I think he's, he's somebody that, uh, hopefully we might learn, uh, we may get to maybe hear more stories in the future. Um, So yeah, I mean he uh he so the way he one of the reasons he got to became he became a priest is that he went to uh um he went to a uh sort of a Benedict the 16th visited and he got to hear a speech by or by Benedict the 16th uh or and then he met his bishop and after a two hour conversation with his bishop 
he was so joyful and so excited for the possibility of becoming a priest. And that's just, you know, that's so glorious. But really, just, uh, you know, people think of royals as being uh, these people who basically uh, have everything and are snobbish, snobbish and snobbish and think they're above everyone else and that sort of thing. But it's nice to see, you know, you know, I'm trying to show you guys a, a story of someone who isn't that way and is, uh, is extremely not that way. There are, I'd, I wouldn't say that, I wouldn't say there are many royals that are like that. I mean, they're uh, at least good Catholic ones. If you're looking at good Catholic royals, I think they're more self-sacrificial than you might expect. But, you know, it, uh, I understand why people get that because you look at, say, Meghan and Harry and that sort of thing, and you're repulsed by that. And I understand that's uh, they are they are full of themselves and they, uh, you know, they want privacy, but they but they're they're telling you they're walking all over the place. They're going to different events and they're, you know, making movie, making documentaries about themselves and that sort of thing. And they're saying, look at me, look at me. And look, uh, you know, I want privacy. There's no way that's uh, how that works. And uh, they don't want privacy. That's pretty clear. Anyway, so. I think I hope that uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you want me to do more of these, like keep you updated on uh, what, on sort of these kinds of stories, you know, if I find more stories about royals that are you know important for us to understand and you know sort of and might interest you guys, please let me know if you want more of this. Uh, thank you all for watching. If you started the episode late, please go back and listen to um or watch the rest of the episode uh mac wants me to do a, a video on prince andrew we'll, we'll see we'll see i i don't oh that might be something i might look into at least people are talking about that and that sort of thing uh thank you everyone thanks mac for being in the chat uh for all of you listening uh uh Lou, uh, thanks for watching. Uh, I will keep you guys, uh, you know, uh, informed on this sort of thing. And uh, thank you. Ha uh, please, again, like, share, comment, and subscribe. And have a blessed Saturday. Thank you. This is kind of a weird day for me to do this. So uh, I didn't do a live stream earlier this week. So this is me making up for that. So thank you. And uh, let everyone know that uh, this episode's up. Bye, everyone.